Hi, I'm Father Alex, and I am the host of the Godcast. I am also the vicar of St Matthew's Church in Burnley, and I'm also the author of Our Daily Bread, From Argos to the Altar, A Priest Story, which is out now with uh, and published by Harper North. This podcast is looking back at the Godcast from the early days, and uh, uh, the Godcast actually started uh, during lockdown when I was just looking for a way to try and entertain some of my congregation. And uh, just by chance, I uh, followed Eamon Holmes on Twitter and I thought I'd approach him and ask him if he'd come on. And lo and behold, uh, Eamon said yes. So the first clip of this look back at some very famous guests on the Godcast is with the one and only Eamon Holmes. About your TV career, Eamon, and... Um, it struck me that it's quite diverse, and, and I was wondering how uh, somebody like yourself goes from presenting songs of praise to sitting on the panel of uh, Keith Lemon's Celebrity Juice. Yeah. Um, that's quite a contrast. Uh, do you um, do you think about these things when you sign up for them, or, or yes, do you just go with what floats your boat? I do. I do think about them. I do think about them. I could justify almost everything I do, and there's very few of any programs I've ever presented that I've thought, oh, I have to do this or I don't want to do this. That's your worst, your worst um, nightmare is to be presenting something you don't believe in or you don't like, have no interest in. Mm. At the same time, you've got to, um, uh, what's the, what's the, you've got to maintain a career. I mean, you know, people think it's no God given right to turn up and be on the television. I mean, I'm just reading today about question of sport and Sue Barton yeah. um, losing her job there, but that's what we live with doing what we do. You live with the fact that it's going to come to an end. It's never going to be forever. So what do you think about that though, Eamon? The next guest you're going to listen to is a man who perhaps needs, needs little introduction, the one and only Alistair Campbell. Now, Alistair Campbell is a big Burnley fan, as I am, and he is somebody who's in the town quite often and during the lockdown. Uh, I thought I'd approach Alistair and see if he'd come on the Godcast, and lo and behold, he said yes as well. Now, Alistair has gone on to do many things in his career and a uh, popular podcaster and author. He also wrote the foreword for my book, uh, Our Daily Bread from Argos to the Altar. So here is a clip now of Alistair Campbell. No, I think it's dangerous that we appear to be having as our leaders people who really don't care whether what they're saying is true. I posted a video today of stuff that he has said about this, this Brexit situation, right? The opposite of what he's now saying. And he knew what he was saying when he said it. So I just find that difficult to deal with. I, I know people will say, I know people will say, well, all politicians lie, but actually I don't think they do. Alistair, just to, I mean, I don't want to get, I just don't want to get into this, but people would say that was the case with the invasion of Iraq. I know they do. I know they say that. And I know that's not true. I know they say it, but I know what I know what I did. I know that I've been put through the mill in six different inquiries on it. And I know that nobody's ever, none of those inquiries accuse me of lying. And I know people like to say Tony Blyer and all that. And that I think is part of but do you not think I should probably you're rightly leading to where you have an enemy just hit them? Hmm. But surely I can say I don't agree with his politics, but I like him. You know, it's like saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I do, and I, and I, I think he's a character. 
I think yeah, he's, he's a character. He's great, a character. He's great for, for the political arena because he creates... Neil, Warnock, Neil, Neil Warnock's a character. One of my favourite interests is current affairs and politics. I really do enjoy watching... Uh, anything uh, in that in that uh, genre, and uh, the next two people we're going to listen to couldn't really be further apart. Uh, we are going to listen to George Galloway, who came on, who spoke eloquently, and is uh, a wonderful narrator. You might not necessarily agree with his politics, but he turned out to be a fabulous guest. So, firstly, George, and then somebody who is uh, perhaps uh, couldn't really be further removed, and that is Isabel Oatshot, and Isabel. Join me during the uh, the pandemic as well. So here are now uh, George Galloway and Isabel Oakshot. We've had the BBC at our church this week, and there was a, a quite a well-respected journalist with us. And I, and I just asked, do you asked if if he knew if you were a man of faith? Are, are you a man of faith or not? Very much so. I am a strong believer in God, and have always publicly proclaimed so, uh, which doesn't. Uh, uh, gain me much uh, credit in liberal and so-called progressive circles. They regard that as a mark of cultural conservatism. And they say that as if it's a bad thing. Uh, but uh, but uh, I'm very strongly a man of faith, yes. Well, um, I'm just interested to get, uh, get you this. Uh, uh, this is part of the political week on the Godcast. And um, I was talking to Isabella Short about these things. Tim Farron gave up his leadership of... Uh, the Liberal Party, predominantly, I think, because of his faith. What was your what was your take on that when that happened, George? Uh, it's a sign of the times. Uh, he'd chosen the wrong party if he wanted to be uh, uh, um, mindful of God. Uh, he he chose the wrong party because liberals and so-called progressives in general uh, have no time for faith and have no time for the idea of God. Uh, they think that we are uh, somehow infantilized uh, by such belief. Uh, although, as I always point out, believing that all of this came from nothing is a far more far-fetched idea than believing that a creator uh, made it and set it in motion. Yeah. And uh, politics floating around the church at the moment. I was just wondering if I could uh, get your views on a couple of things. So, um, for example, um, the church has received quite a lot of criticism in recent months about the way uh, it's handled uh, closures um, re re relating to um, COVID-19. What, what's your take on that, Isabel, how, and how the church have dealt with that matter? I've been really disappointed, actually. I think there's there's been real weakness of leadership from the church on this, the Church of England, um, I would say in particular, but that's only because I'm more familiar with the structure there and it is the established church here. Um, I think I would have liked to seen, have seen a much bolder and more robust response uh, on so many levels. First of all, um, it seems to me that the church leadership has been pretty supine uh, on some of the regulations that have been enforced. Um, you know, blithely accepting um, no services at Easter, for example. I mean, this was a really important time near the beginning, very beginning of the pandemic. I would have liked to see church um, ministers out in the graveyards holding outdoor services, you know, really making a point of this is not going to stop us 
having collective acts of worship, which are nonetheless safe and socially distanced, but we will still come together. And they did none of that. I think that there's been a, a woeful lack of leadership on, for example, um, the attendance of funerals and some of the awful, awful examples of overzealous application uh, of rules in uh, funeral ceremonies. You, you may or may not have seen uh, those absolutely sickening pictures of um, officials in a, in a crematorium service telling people that they shouldn't be allowed to put their arms around each other. I mean, this is absolutely obscene. And we've heard nothing, nothing at all from any of the archbishops on why one of the nicest guys who's uh, appeared on the Godcast is somebody who I used to watch as a kid on the BBC, but he's now, in more recent years, been the entertainment reporter from Hollywood, uh, Ross King MBE. And Ross came on and uh, shared uh, some nice stories. And here's just a clip now. Yeah, yeah I've known Piers for a long, long time. Uh, you know, he, he, Piers um, is, is a great uh, dinner companion because he's got so many wonderful stories, as you can imagine, over the years. And he's got some great stories that obviously that he couldn't ever tell in air. So it's great to hear them when you're at dinner with them. Um, and, you know, I've considered him a pal. You know, he's, we've had great banter over the years. We've had, you know, great dinners out here in, in L.A. as well. Um, you know, he really shook things up. And that's, you know, that's Piers' is, is very much his M.O., isn't it? He comes and he shakes things up. Um, and that's what he's certainly done in, in the world of breakfast television. So I do hope you're enjoying uh, listening to some of these uh, famous faces that appeared on the Godcast. One of my other great interests is music. And I have had some incredible guests uh, appearing with me on the Godcast. And now I'm going to just listen to uh, three of my favourite guests. We have uh, Chris Difford from Squeeze, followed by uh, Rick Witter, who is the lead singer for Shed 7, and uh, Spider Stacy, who is part of the, who was part of the uh, iconic and legendary band, The Pogues. So I do hope you enjoy listening to these guys now. My best friend, who was a drug dealer, had got sober, which really pissed me off. Um, but then when I realised what, how he changed and what he got, that's where my rock bottom came, because I saw something in him that ideally wanted to have but couldn't have and it took me a, a good year or so to to reach to find out where my knees were yeah. and then once I was on my knees then the only way was to come back up so this time we'll probably do all of those hits and we'll include a couple of album tracks off the last new the most recent album instant pleasures that we've never played live before so that'll be entertaining for us as well as the fans because you know I get asked a lot, do, do, you, do you get bored of playing the old songs? And I never do, genuinely never do, because of the reaction it gets. I mean, it, why would you not? You know, why, why would you stop yourself from being joyful? Do you have a, do you have a favourite venue, Rick? I, 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 I discovered a new venue, and you've played there, was uh, the Castlefield Ball. I saw uh, the Wombats there a few years back, and I thought, what a fantastic... It was absolutely buzzing that night. It was rocky out, outside. Have you you've got favourite venues that you really want on your tour list? Uh, well, yeah, you, you mentioned a good gig. That I mean, ours was absolutely incredible. It just, everything seemed to align on that day. I think there was the World Cup was on or there was some major football competition was on. But that particular day, there was no football on. So that, that 
didn't distract from it. And the weather was absolutely amazing. Everyone was in high spirits. It was a, a great gig. Um, but the Barrow Lands in Glasgow is a, an absolutely immense gig. They've got a spring floor, so it, just the atmosphere in there, even though everyone's throwing a beer at you, they're doing it in a nice way. <laughs> um, but to be honest, again, it goes back to the crowd. We, we're a very lucky band and we've got a very, very intensely loyal f following. So it doesn't really matter where we are. It's, it's what's happening inside that room that matters. And, and as I said before, it could be Blackburn on a drizzly Monday night. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. No. Is that, is that no disrespect to venues, but I think... Yeah, go on, Rick. Just finish what you were going to say. Well, I was going to say, no, no disrespect to venues, because venues are very, very important things, but, but there isn't anywhere in particular where I desperately want to go to, because I just think wherever we are, it, it, it is just such an immense atmosphere, you know, so... Yeah, it's over um, with Shane as the front man. Was, was that a difficult time for you? Well, it would have been much worse if we hadn't sort of been able to replace him with Joe Strummer, mm. which... Just like um, from my own point of view, it was just this kind of like ridiculous sort of teenage fantasy come true, you know. <laughs> <what> I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Of course, it would be remiss of me not to interview anybody from the political or religious world, and who better than to interview than the Archbishop of York, Stephen Cottrell, who was a fine guest. And here's a clip from our discussion a few years ago. in our tradition there are different views not on not on whether gay and lesbian people should be welcome in the church but how do we give expression to that welcome uh, and my commitment is to find what is the very best way of expressing that welcome and therefore me saying what i think as the person who really is called as it were to hold the chair and hold the unity right now is not the most helpful thing to do um but uh, as I'm sure you will pick up and others will pick up from what I'm saying is um, my hope is that we can find a way of, of, of giving greater welcome to LGBTI plus people. And, and I am ashamed of some of our failings uh, in the past well, and indeed in the present on, on all of this. Yeah. And finally, on the Godcast uh, kind of reflection today, um, another one of my great loves is comedy. And I was raised on uh, summer season, end of the peer shows. And uh, you can only imagine, mind you like, when I was fortunate enough to meet two, two guys who've uh, featured heavily on uh, summer seasons. Firstly, Billy Pierce, Yorkshire Lad, a very funny guy. And then uh, finally, in this uh, look back, uh, a legendary figure from uh, uh, the uh, comedy duo Cannon and Ball, the one and only Tommy Cannon. So have a listen now. It's again a good laugh, um, which that's what I give them, hopefully. Um, that's my job, uh, but, and I love it. And um, as with us, Bobby Davro, I'm working with Bobby, and he's been a amazing man for a long, long time. And um, we are, perhaps you'd call us old school now, but, you know, the thing is, people's perception of us is that we're sort of old-fashioned 80s, um, you know, at our day type of thing. 
But when you're out there on the green, we make them laugh. That's that's the thing. It's still there. It's not that we've particularly gone out of fashion. Once we get them in there, we make them laugh, it's, which is the most important thing as a comedian. <laughs> you didn't make them laugh. You want to laugh less long, would you? No, no. And if I can ask them, um just a bit deeper, uh, Billy, I mean, I, I love comedy. It's my... I had a go at it myself to... Uh, it's a pretty disastrous, but anyway, and, and a big fan of Les Dawson. I love yes. Les Dawson, and and I, and I just think that you know, within a clown, in a yeah. comic, there's sometimes there's a darker side, isn't there? You know, Tommy Cooper, Freddie Starr, those kind of guys. And yes, you think you need a bit of I don't know if it's insanity or madness or, you know, do you think adversity is a key ingredient to humour? Um, well, first of all, I won't put myself in the same bracket as somebody like Les Dawson, who um, I'm a massive fan. And I knew him from the days when I mentioned about I was a stage under the ground in Leeds. And he did pantomime there before he was massive. And he used to practice his out-of-tune piano things and all that. And once again, in those days, um, the stars didn't talk to the um, crew. Yeah. They were kind of separate from that. Typical Bobby, bless him. He, ra he rang, he FaceTimed me on Monday morning, sat in a bed with six nurses round the bed and said, Tony, all the nurses want to wave to you, so I put me on FaceTime. And there they were all, all waving to me. And I said to him, I thought you were poorly. He said, oh, I'm all right, I'm all right. I said, good. <coughs> Excuse me. I said, so get better soon, mate. The biggest problem for me was I couldn't see him. I couldn't visit him because mm. of COVID rules and regulations and stuff. And um, 10 days later, he passed away. Um, yeah. It was so quick. Um, I didn't know where I were. I felt like I'd had my right arm taken off me. And, um, I haven't worked, not because Bob's passed away, but certainly because of COVID. I haven't done any work for the past two years. Um, and so there we are there is a look back at some of the very famous faces and uh, names that have appeared on the godcast there's well over 130 interviews online you can look at them on youtube or any of the um, social media podcast platforms or just google the godcast if you like them perhaps you could perhaps follow me on youtube or maybe even follow me on Twitter and you'll find me at um, Alex DJ Frost. So from myself, Alex, uh, host of the Godcast, Vicar of St. Matt's Burnley and author of Our Daily Bread, uh, priest story, Argos to the Altar. Uh, thanks for listening. And I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard. And for now, I'll just say goodbye and God bless. <laughs>